the Lord. So this week I want to talk about a little current events and then maybe some scripture and I want to start off with um, an article that I found uh, maybe a couple months ago but I feel like it, it's really necessary to um, talk about. It, it's I don't know where it came from, but it says that liberal Norway has made it a crime punishable with prison time to criticize the LGBTQ plus P for pedophile movement, even in your private conversations. So the LGBTQ plus ideology has been mainstreamed in every sphere of life imaginable. Still, radical gender activists will not be at rest until every private citizen repudiates biological truth and relinquishes his every doubt about the dogma. Reuters noted that under the penal code, people charged with violent crimes can receive harsher sentences if a judge decides their actions were motivated by someone's sexual orientation or gender identity, opponents of the change pointed out it could be used to criminalize free speech in the United Kingdom. There already are plans to criminalize speech in private homes. How? Norway's parliament has voted to expand the protections that the LGBTQ plus community has enjoyed in that nation since 1981 by expanding the definition of hate speech that can land a person in prison. As the spirit of Antichrist continues to rise over America and on every nation on earth, we some 
something absolutely chilling coming from the ultra-liberal nation of Norway. It is now a crime in Norway to verbally criticize the LGBTQ plus community in public and private, including the privacy of your own home. Uh, well, how do they maximum, enforcing that? Probably like China, where they tell well, people to spy on you. Maximum fine for those people ratted out to the government includes, but not, as lim not limited to one year in jail for private criticism. Three years in jail for comments made publicly. I think it's foolishness. And I don't know. If you would have asked me, say, 10 years ago, could something like that happen here in the United States, I probably would have said, nope. <laughs> but now I say, yeah, it's possible. But uh, a person has to be willing to stand on the word of God because it does not make any sense. I mean, to deny the truth. And you have this minority who's actually dictating private conversations, you know, private conversations within your home, your domicile, but they want to tell you what you can or can say. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. So and this article goes on to quote something from George Orwell, 1984. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. Uh, yeah, that, that could be it because people buy into that, but those who don't buy into it are going to find themselves in opposition, and they have to be prepared because if a person is going to stand up for the truth, there's no way that they can avoid it. It's impossible. Yeah, and freedom of speech is not, seems not to be free no more. It seems to get get more expensive and <laughs> getting more expensive by the day because you can't agree to disagree no more. You can't really say nothing is wrong. It's like you have to, they forcing you to come into your establishment, establishments telling you how to run your own business and oh, how yeah. what live to say, life. how to live your life and try to control you. Right. It's and like, you won't wow. Be able to control God's word. You won't be able to control the Holy Spirit. You can't control the Lord, and you won't be able to call the lie the truth. You can deceive yourself into thinking that the lie is the truth, but you won't be able to convince somebody who's standing on the truth to deny what the truth is. You just won't be able to do it. So it goes on to say that the liberals in the LGBTQ plus lied to you when they said they only want tolerance and acceptance. Huh. They want nothing of the kind. They want you to rule your life. They want to rule your life, control your thoughts, and make you bow down before them, cowering in fear. Thus, it has always been with tyrants. It says in Job 41, uh, Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook, or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? He beholdeth all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. 
the LGBTQ plus have a king over them, and his name is Leviathan, and he's coming to rule this sin-cursed world for seven short years, but because we are living in the overlapping time period between the close of the church age, waiting for the, it says, this is the article, rapture, and the start of the time of Jacob's trouble, that happens after the rapture. We are getting a little free sample of what that dispensation will be like. Uh, yeah, I don't understand the concept that they have of the rapture because saints are going to be here during that tribulation period. But I do know that the Lord is going to undertake for them. I mean, it's, they even have, the Lord said they're given a special name. Those who uh, went through the great tribulation, they're even given a special recognition. But this this abomination, this spirit of, of sodomy, this this spirit that's, that's going through sweeping the world, not just here in the yet-to-be United States, but it's sweeping the world. Yet those who stand on God's word, those who stand on the truth, will not be dissuaded. You, you, it's, just, it's just impossible. If you, if you embrace love, if you embrace the Lord, if you embrace the truth, it doesn't matter that they say even in the privacy of your own home, you can't say this or you can't admit to the truth. You're going to have to admit to the truth because that's your life. It's not a part of your life. It is, is your life. Our life, right? It is your life. Yes. So saints have got to gird up their loins. And like the Lord said, you gird up the loins of your mind and you, you make it up in your mind that you have to stand for uh, righteousness. You have to walk upright before the Lord because the enemy is going to try and have the saints fall, and I don't, I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I, I don't see some churches standing on the word. I see them falling to political correctness, and, and they're letting it affect their message of salvation, and, and so you have a, a, a form of godliness, then you end up denying the power thereof. Yeah, it's like... Uh... Like, like one guy said, casual Christians are going to become casualties. Right. Casualties. Casualties. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because a lot of churches now is becoming, you know, more business friendly, Jesus. They just give you, you know, the blessing. They give you more of the motivational speaking time, but... They don't prepare you for salvation and telling you you're going to have to stand. It's wartime. It's not the time to play. It's either you trust God or you don't. They're just leaving that off for political gain and just trying to get memberships and money and all kind of stuff. Yeah, all the things that are carnal, mammon, things that are tied to this earth, things that perish, like the Lord said, things that rust, the gold. They grow old, they canker, things that do not lead to eternal life. And we have to embrace the Lord. We have to hold on to the Lord with everything that we have because we don't want to deceive ourselves. Uh, and, and Peter talked about it. Paul talked about it, about how the enemy would end up creeping into the churches and, and deceiving the people and seducing the people. But as saints... We don't have to be deceived as the elect. We don't have to. No, I hope I'm not at that time, you know, where you're uh, getting a special name 
for because going the suffering through. is so great. Mm-mm. That's why he said, pray that you be worthy to escape. I'm telling you. Well, anyway, moving on. I want to talk about forgiveness. You know, and I think sometimes that's a very difficult thing to master for some people. Uh, you know, I don't know. I've been thinking about forgiveness. It's not only just... Um, it's not only when someone hurts you um, or harms you. I think um, it's when you go through, I don't know, some, sometimes people go through tests and trials. You know, maybe they're angry about how their life turned out um, or their health. Or, or, I mean, it could be just anything, and they can't even just forgive themselves or forgive the situation or forgive the person and go on, mm-hmm. you know, and you're always, some people, I think, are always just waking up every day angry, or yeah. maybe not angry, but irritated. I call it the Esau syndrome. You know, and, and my, but with Esau, it was towards someone, but, uh, you know, it's like they hold their anger. And we are not, the Lord did not create us with the ability to hold on to our anger and not damage us. That's why we, we have to be angry and sin not, but we don't let the sun go down on our wrath. The Lord did not design us to stay angry. And so... I call that an e- a type of like an Esau personality, where you're always constantly angry or constantly blaming someone else for your failures. You never take responsibility for your own actions. You know, and what's so amazing is that you know you have to forgive and to be able to go on. Right. You have to be able to, because otherwise you're stuck in time. Right. It's like. It's like you can't move any place. You're just... Right, because the Lord didn't design us to hold on to it. It destroys us from the inside out. And, but what the amazing thing is that God forgives us. God mm-hmm. forgives us whether we do it right or whether we do it wrong. Our sins, you know, even if, if we go through some things of our own doing, he still forgives us. If we, if we repent... Yeah. He forgives us. If we acknowledge that we we need his forgiveness, so it's, it's there for the taking. Forgiveness is something that you have to accept. You now, have to receive it. Now I think there are some steps into or people have to understand what forgiveness is. It's not uh, when you forgive a person for what they have done to you or whatever they've done to upset you or however things turned out, that doesn't mean that the person is not guilty. Right. That doesn't mean that they're, they could be still guilty of whatever. And it doesn't mean that whoever was the victim of that doesn't mean that they have amnesia and that they forgot that you did it. Some people, if, if you bring something up, they said, I thought you forgave me for that. Yeah. Right. Well, so yeah, so that, that was my next point. That doesn't mean that... You forget. Right. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget what a person has done to you, but forgiveness means that you're letting go 
of all the pain. Mm -hmm. You're letting go of that particular incident that happened. You're letting go of what someone... To the point where you feel like they should uh, receive judgment as opposed to mercy. And you, and, and you forgive just so that you can have peace. So that you can, because you have no peace. If right. you don't forgive somebody, you have no peace whatsoever. You're up there in the middle of the night not being able to sleep or, or something um, happens or you hear something on the news or, oh yeah, that's what that person did to me. Oh yeah. I mean, there's always a thought or, a, or something that'll bring you back to that moment of whatever happened to you. But you need to have peace. You know, you, you can't have, you, you need to have peace. <laughs> I mean, because mm -hmm. it affects you in all kinds of ways. I mean, it affects your health, your blood pressure. It affects you. If it, I mean, I know people know what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. You're just plain irritated all the time, you know, and... and you would be angry, so not just don't, you just don't hold onto it. You, you reach a point where you move forward. But on the other hand, you should forgive because, God forbid, you do something to somebody. You want them to be able to forgive you. Right. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it could be. It could so, be so, just... so when we talk about uh, forgiveness, say for instance, when, when you know somebody is actively doing something against you. It's like, it's not, it's not a past situation. It's like something that's ongoing and is active. And you recognize that the person does not have good intentions and they're not, they're, they're not doing, uh, or they're doing something, but they're doing it with the intent to harm. Mm -hmm. you know? So when you think about those things, and it irritates right, you. Scripture, have you. Have you forgiven them? That scripture that comes to mind is, um, I don't know if it's in Matthew, but it says that the Lord gives the ability to some people to do for them and to, for, and to help them that despitefully use you or mean to do harm to you. Yeah, he said to pray for them. You have to pray for them. and, and but, if, when you, but even as you pray for them, if what they're doing to you irritates you when you think about it, have you forgiven them? And if you do Safe forgive them, even if you do forgive them, they'll come around and they think, they t misunderstand. They think you're stupid. <laughs> you're right, because you're not, you're not arguing with them. But like say, for instance, if you know somebody is, has, is lying, I mean, not has lied, but they are actively lying mm -hmm. or slandering a person. And uh, so you're praying that the Lord save them. Uh, have, you, have you forgiven them when, when the scripture says, when you think about them lying and the slander and you get irritated, even when you're praying, you think about the lies that they tell it hurts. it hurts. Right. Have you, has the person forgiven them? And, and I think that even though it hurts, um, that doesn't mean that you're not forgiving them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think things can be fresh, <laughs> feeling fresh, mm -hmm. even though you've forgiven them. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long a body or mind, mm -hmm. how long it takes to change that. 
Right, because when you when you active in it, because you know, I'm thinking about when Paul said that, that uh, I guess I forgot the name of the the two disciples that were with him, that they left him, and then they went and they were deliberately doing things that um, to hinder his ministry. You know, after they left him, they they deliberately set obstacles in his way. You know, and for some, he would say that you know they they get their just rewards, you know, basically was saying that the Lord, if they don't change, if they don't, if, if they don't repent, it's just like he leaves it in the hands of the Lord. But I'm pretty sure there was an irritation there, you know, with dealing with those people because they had betrayed him. You know, they were supposed to be brethren, but they weren't. And so, but doesn't mean that he hadn't forgave them, but he still held them responsible for their actions. He held, he held them accountable. He, so, you can forgive somebody and not forget what they did. Right. And, which, and you hold it. It, hold them at um, arm's, length. arm's length. And you don't condone what they, what they have done. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't say, well, it was, it's, it's okay, it's all right. No, that's not. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Well, anyway... So it, it, a lot of unforgiveness is in families. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of unforgiveness, and I don't I don't know if it's as a result of upbringing or um, alcohol abuse or drug abuse or um, just thinking that they know better, you know, I don't know. They're, you know, a family member starts an argument, and then before you know it, one person says this, and the next person says that, and then, and then you're in a big, and even now you hear it on the news, you know, it's like before you know it, somebody pulls out a gun and shoots, you know, because mm -hmm. you're not tolerant. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a child will throw a fit, and you're just, ew, you don't know what to do with your kids, or, you know, you, you expect a friend to be there. You're going through something, and you're expecting a friend to be there for you. Mm -hmm. I've learned throughout my life that there is nobody that's going to be there for you for anything. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and I'm not being critical of anybody that I know. Mm -hmm. I've just learned over the years that there is no one, you know, maybe they have good intentions. I don't know. Maybe they can't do it. Maybe they physically or emotionally can't help you or, or whatever the reason. But there's only one person that can help you, and that's God. And I've learned to depend on him. Right. You know, not, you know, even now, you know, it's like I'll pray, and I have to catch myself. <laughs> you know, I tell the Lord, I have to just depend on you because I know you're the only one who understands me completely. Right. You know, so... But there are some scriptures that we can rely on, that we can read, that we can look to, and we can maybe rehearse, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, one of them, I think it's Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. Numbers chapter 14, verse 18 reads, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression." And by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. So, 
Good news is that God takes care of those people who wronged you. You know, you've heard that um, before, that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He knows everything. He knows how you feel. He knows what people have done to you, you know, or against you. And, and he doesn't let anybody go unpunished. Right. You know, in due time, they will reap what they've sown. Which, which I believe is what forgiveness is, is that you're not looking to punish the person. Even though what they've done could irritate you, make you angry, make you upset with them, you don't take it within, your, within yourself, hold within your heart the desire to punish the individual. You leave that up to the Lord. To me, that's what forgiveness is. Because people can do something and really, it, it could actually have you look at that person differently. And just because you look at them differently doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven them. Because if they are still that same individual, say, that stole from you or that lied to you, if they're, that, if they're still in the process of stealing and lying, <laughs> they haven't changed you might not ever look at them the same way unless they got truly delivered and saved, like Mark did, you know, regarding Paul. You, it doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven them, but people can actually get to the point where they betray your trust where you no longer trust them. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven them. You just don't trust them. Yeah, so there's one more scripture I'm going to give you, and then we'll have to continue next week, and that's Luke chapter 17, verse 4. Luke chapter 17, verse 4 reads, And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Which brings me to a point. This one person said that the person has to repent in order for you to forgive them. This is if God doesn't forgive us unless we repent. Say, so the person has to come to you and acknowledge that they've done wrong, and then you have to forgive them. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just... I don't know. Well, I don't know. That, that's interesting because I, I know someone who... Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. And it has to do with saints, too. I, I don't know about the people out there in the world. I don't think you're always, always in a position... I mean, the person doesn't always come and repent. I mean, because people have forgiven after a person has passed away. Because even if, you, if they pass away and you still don't forgive, you're still obligated to forgive them. Right. But we're going to start with this next week and um, we'll, we'll research this a little bit. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and that seek him with the whole heart. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what will the Lord hold while he's helping you? And the answer is your right hand. And that answer can be found in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13, which reads, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. 
This week's food for thought is, what was the original reason why God created us? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.